Welcome back to World Changers. Today, by popular demand, we're going to be going over the life and works of Nikola Tesla. Tesla was born in what is now Croatia on a summer night in 1856. He claimed he was born during a lightning storm, and as the legend goes, the midwife said he will be a child of the storm, and his mother said no of the light. It's kind of cool. We've seen a couple of these uh, urban legends with people on what happened when they were born with Alexander the Great and with Buddha, so it's kind of an interesting thing. I mean, obviously you can go back and write these stories after someone becomes you know, a world changer. But as he was, when he was really young, he was just gifted from the very, you know, very beginning. His dad was a priest in the Serbian Orthodox Church, and his mother managed the family's farm, which is crazy to think about um, that she was, you know, doing all that labor. Uh, apparently, she was uneducated, but apparently, she was brilliant. I'm not sure how they know that exactly, but it's not hard to believe, seeing you know what their son was capable of. Um, in 1863, when uh, Tesla, we'll just refer to him as Tesla for now, when he was seven years old, his brother Daniel was, was killed in a riding accident. And the shock of the loss was so hard for Tesla that he started seeing visions. And this was the first signs of his lifelong uh, mental illnesses. So you can just kind of add him to the list of all the people we've done so far who've had a parent or significant other die in their youth which is crazy how common it is. But like we said, he was remarkably uh, imaginative and creative, and he was even a little bit poetic. Um, he started training for an engineering career at the uh, Technical University at Graz, Austria, um, and the University of Prague. So he just, from the very beginning, you know, he just had these abilities and, um, you know, started uh, going to school and knew exactly what he wanted to do. One thing he started getting obsessed with while he was in Prague was the AC motor um, and for the idea for a brushless AC motor. And so he started making sketches and, you know, playing with all these things, electromagnets. And, you know, he ended up actually writing the first sketch in the path that he was standing on, like the sand, kind of like uh, Christ supposedly did um, in the Bible when the that woman is brought to her, the adulterer is brought to him, and he, you know, kind of writes in the sand. So he's just kind of, just comes to him right away, and uh, he just writes it down. And so then uh, about a year later, after he finishes uh, university, he goes to Paris, and he got a job repairing DC power plants. So he's kind of thinking of this AC motor, and, and now he's working at this place. at The company was called Continental Edison Company. And... This was the beginning of his uh, tumultuous relationship with, with Edison. And uh, while he was there, on a, uh, he actually constructed, after work hours, his first induction motor. And so he kind of solved this problem that he was thinking about. And uh, from what I take from it, he was always thinking, was always brainstorming. His mind was just always moving. And... He was such a genius, as we'll see later, that it was kind of a downfall in other aspects of his life. He you know, never married and kind of became a little bit crazy. But so at this point, he you know 
makes his great invention. A few years later, he sells to America. And he plans to work for Edison himself. Edison is like brilliant at this time, right? Edison is kind of like the, I don't know, the Elon Musk of the time. And, uh, and, and Tesla thinks that he's, you know, amazing as well. And so he wants to kind of go and be contemporaries with this man. And so he arrives in America, in New York. He has four cents in his pocket, which is the equivalent of like 200K today. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it's probably not a lot of money. I, don't, I can't imagine four cents being a lot even back then, but four cents, uh, a couple poems, some calculations for a flying machine, kind of like Leonardo, I guess. And he got employment with Thomas Edison. And so he started working there. And as the the story goes, um, while he was there, he, Edison was really impressed with his diligence, his ingenuity. And at one point, Tesla says that Edison said he would pay him $50,000 for an improved design for his DC dynamos. And after months of you know experimentation, Tesla presented a solution and asked for the money. And Edison demurred. He said, Tesla, you don't understand our American humor. Whether this is true, whether it isn't, we're not 100% sure this is what Tesla says. And so Tesla just quits. So it was kind of sad. It was kind of they say, "Don't ever meet your heroes," you know. And so he goes and he's working for him. He's impressing him, and then he kind of gets taken advantage of. So a little bit sad, you know. Um, it must have been heartbreaking for him. But so he developed a relationship with two businessmen after this that led to the founding of the Tesla Electric Light and Manufacturing. And he filed a bunch of patents. He assigned them to the company. Um, and, but as partners, they wanted to focus only on supplying electricity. And so they took the company's patents that, that he assigned to the company and they left and found another firm. And so Tesla was left with nothing. And as we go through his life, you're going to notice Tesla just seems kind of like this really unlucky guy. He just like never really quite gets a break and misses some huge opportunities. So, um, it's pretty sad. So then he starts re- like straight up digging ditches for $2 a day. So that kind of puts the four cents into perspective if someone's getting paid $2 a day. So he's literally digging ditches and he's also haunted or you know tortured by this sense that his great talent and education was going to waste, which is such an interesting insight into his mind. You know, It wasn't that he couldn't do it. Or it didn't have the tools. Um, he had the tools. It was just, you know, the world and the people around him weren't letting it happen. And he felt like he was kind of wasting these things that he was given. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Well, he ended up finding some backers to support his research into altering cur- alternating current. In 1887 and 1888, he was granted more than 30 per, uh, patents for his inventions. And... Things start going a little better. You know, he gets invited to address the American Institute of Electrical Engineers. And he caught the attention of a man named George Westinghouse, the inventor who had launched the first AC power system near Boston. And this guy was a huge competitor with Edison. What started going on at the time is known as the Battle of the Currents. Kind of boring if you think about it, but apparently it was this really big deal. And, um, and so this was... This was uh, Edison's biggest rival. 
And so the battle or the war and the currents began and Westinghouse hired Tesla. So I guess it's similar, like a Kevin Durant situation maybe. I don't know. Like he Tesla worked for Edison. Edison kind of betrayed him. And uh, now he's working for the rival. So maybe not like Kevin Durant. But anyway, so Tesla's working there. He licensed the patents for his AC motor. And um, he gets his own lab. And so he's just doing really good. At one point, Edison tried to, well, he didn't try. He arranged for a convicted murderer to be put to death. Um, by AC-powered electric chair. And he was doing this to show how dangerous the Western House standard could be. So, you know, Edison's DC, Western House and Tesla are AC, and they're kind of fighting, and so he does this elaborate stunt, but um, it uh, it doesn't work, yeah. Um, so Tesla's doing good. He has these royalties from his patents that he's getting, and he's doing really well, but... Um, Westinghouse was soon forced by his back to, uh, backers to renegotiate, renegotiate their contract with, uh, and then Tesla was he relinquished his royalty rights and pretty much was back to nothing. So it's pretty sad. Uh, Westinghouse he lacked capital, and he was like, "Hey man, Tesla, this is this is we're in a difficult spot," and so he Tesla sold his patents for a single lump sum, sum, and uh, what event it. it foregoed what would have been a vast fortune if he would have held on to him. Think of it kind of like, uh, you know, the the Beatles, whenever a song gets played on the radio, you know, someone's getting money for that. There's royalties, right? So if they play that song for a million years, they'll keep, they'll keep getting money for it, even after they're long gone, their family, whatever. And these are the things you negotiate, you know, when you're making your contract. And so the same with Tesla. Um, what he had invented, these patents, ended up being used by everyone, right, eventually. And everyone would have had to pay him this kind of royalty for using it, and he would have just been super-duper loaded. So once again, another kind of slip um, in in Tesla's life. So in the 1890s, uh, he invented the electric oscillators, meters. He improved lights, uh, high-voltage transformer known as the Tesla coil, he started experimenting with x-rays. Um, he even started uh, doing short-range demonstrations of radio communications two years before Guglielmo Marconi, uh, the man who got credited for inventing the radio waves or radio communication, two years before uh, that happened, he was kind of showing demonstrations for it. He even made like a uh, remote control, like little boat. Uh, like an RC car kind of thing that we think of. You get on Christmas morning and it breaks like two days later. Um, he he uh, made one of those that he was controlling, you know, through radio waves, and um, people didn't believe him. And so he actually demonstrated it in Madison Square Garden in a pool. Um, so he's just, even though he's kind of falling, he, he's he's not making a lot of money and he's struggling, missing out on these big opportunities. All he cares about is inventing, creating. Right, his mind is just always ticking. Eating is uh, a means to an end. Right, it, a lot of people we enjoy eating. It could be like the best part of our day, going out to a restaurant or something. I think, I don't think that's how it was with Tesla. He he had these bigger ideas that were kind of eating him all the time, and uh, so I, it doesn't seem like he was immensely depressed with all these things happening. I'm sure he was, you know, sorrowful, sorrowful at times, but he just loved creating 
Um, a couple years later, Tesla and Westinghouse, they're still partners, they lit the 1891 World's Columbian Exposition in Chicago. So it's like this cool kind of fair thing, and there's lights everywhere, and people were just blown away. It's hard for us to imagine lights are we're so used to seeing electricity, but they uh, they just wowed audiences with a bunch of wonders, including a, an electric light that required no wires. And so this just like blew everyone off, and they kind of won, you know, this the the power of the currents uh, when they got a contract to generate electric power at Niagara Falls. So they built the first large scale AC power plant in the world. So he's just, you know, even though him, he himself, he's not rolling in the dough, his inventions, his creations, they're just taking off and everyone's using them. Um, and huge, another big challenge along the way was in 1895. So a couple years later, his laboratory is burnt by a fire. So I don't know how it happened or who did it but it destroyed a bunch of his notes and prototypes so it must have been the worst feeling ever just having to uh almost start over you know um i don't know if you guys ever ever played video games but if you forget to save and you turn it off and you have to go back oh man that's like a 1990s problem but so eventually he relocates to colorado springs for two years he had this idea about building a a global communication network. He wanted to be able to communicate all around the world and um, worldwide wireless communication. And so he went to Colorado Springs. He thought like the air was thinner. There was a lot more room and um, he could get a lot more power there. And yeah, he was there for a couple years and he started to go a little bit crazy. He did some great stuff there. Um, but yeah, he... He said that he had detected signals from an extraterrestrial extraterrestrial source. So he thought aliens were talking with him. Uh, so it was a, this is it starts being a little bit crazy, and um, his mental health starts fading a little bit, you know. And he comes ends up coming back to New York, and he gets uh, J.P. Morgan to invest in this huge tower in Long Island. And he think this would kind of vindicate his plan to electrify the world. And um, but this uh, J.P. Morgan guy, he he thought he was investing in something else. And uh, with the radio waves communi- communicating across the Atlantic, and it was like this race on who was going to get to do it first, who was going to achieve sending these messages across the ocean. And ultimately, he lost. He. Uh, and when he lost, J.P. Morgan comes up and he's just like, you know, pretty upset. And Tesla kind of admits that, you know, this wasn't the main thing he was working on. And uh, anyways, it was abandoned and it was probably Tesla's greatest defeat. He really believed in this, um, in this possibility, you know. And uh, anyways, that Marconi guy who ended up sending the radio wave first across the ocean, Tessa ends up trying to sue him. And he doesn't win, uh, sue him because he kind of, he thought he was copying his patents that he had filed. But this Marconi guy wins the Nobel Prize. A couple years later, people, I mean, Tesla's still killing it, even after this, uh, even after he fails with J.P. Morgan, you know? But uh, he uh, he ends up getting 
he hears that he's going to get nominated for the Nobel Prize with Edison, which is kind of ironic, but it didn't happen. So it's just like another. So, I mean, he's just like, he's trying to make money. He's getting cheated out of his money. He's inventing things. People are taking his patents and getting Nobel Prizes for it. He's trying to sue them. He's not winning. He thinks he's going to get a Nobel Prize. It doesn't happen. So he's just kind of swinging and missing. Strike four, five, six, seven. But he did get numerous awards throughout his life, uh, including, ironically, the American Institute of Electrical Engineers Edison Medal, which is like one of the highest things you can get. So he got the Edison Medal. But he, um, he ends up living the last decades of his life in New York, working on inventions, even as his energy and mental health faded. And he had this obsession with the number three, and he was really very... Uh, he was also obsessed with washing, and um, he ended up in his final years just like feeding pigeons and like talking with them all the time. So he kind of just has like this, uh, yeah, just kind of peters out, you know, becomes a little bit of a crazy. But uh, he ends up dying in uh, January seventh, nineteen forty three, and he uh, a few months later. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court voided four of Marconi's key patents, and so they pretty much uh, gave him um, posthumously the uh, credit for inventing the um, the radio waves, you know, and the innovations in radio. So it kind of stinks. Like, of course, he finally gets his break after he dies. So pretty sad. Um, you know, he was... He was definitely recognized for what he did, though. You know, I don't want you to think that he was just kind of like this obscure person that he, he was on the, the cover of Time magazine, you know, um, and just kind of put it in perspective. So he was well known. People knew him, but he just never really. Yeah, he never got to reap the the fruits of his labor too much. I mean, he got the, the recognition, but as far as money was going, or he never got the Nobel Prize and just kind of tough stuff like that. So. Let's kind of move on. We'll talk about some interesting facts about him. There's plenty. So he had this crazy talent for visualizing inventions. It was almost like, yeah, he was a visionary. So he could, he'd talk about like a burst of light. He'd have this burst of light and then he'd see a completed invention in his mind. And, uh, yeah, kind of crazy. It just like solutions to problems. Um, he never really kind of dove into them too much. Never thought they were spiritual in any way. But, um, but yeah, he, he wouldn't write down plants. He wouldn't, a lot of these guys would have sketches of, you know, ideas kind of brainstorming. And it would just all be in his head. And then he would create it. So, pretty crazy. He, um... We talked about him being in charge of AC current and the war on currents and you know beating uh, his rival Thomas Edison, but he did a bunch of other stuff too as well. Um, he, you know, did pioneering work in electric light, electric motors, radio, X-ray, remote control, radar, wireless communication, robotics, and we kind of mentioned his famous transformer, the Tesla coil. Tesla coil, and he obtained over three hundred patents in his lifetime. So pretty cool. He was excessively OCD. Um, he was a germaphobe. I mean, he got really sick when he was young, and a lot of people think that's why he became a, 
a germaphobe, but he had a formidable work ethic. He had this regimented schedule. Some people claim that he only slept two hours a night. That seems impossible, but who knows? He often had his dinner at the same table at Delmonico's in New York. Um, and yeah, he was just super afraid of germs. He required a stack of 18 napkins when he would eat. He was also obsessed with the number three, just obsessed with it. And uh, yeah, he would carry out rituals, compulsive rituals in, in sets of three. And when he was young, he developed this weird like f- phobia, I guess, of pearls. And so like any girls that had pearls or whatever, he just like had to run away. He was like repulsed by them, which is so weird. And then he couldn't bear to touch hair. So kind of a weirdo. He, um, he was a, even though he was a weirdo, he was a snappy dresser. He was six foot two, 140 pounds. So he was tall, slender. He had these dark, deep set eyes and he was really fashionable, dressed really well. And although he could be kind of a recluse and, you know, just be obsessed with his work, he still was, he still socialized. Um, he, uh, attracted some of the most, you know, prominent people at the time. He was really good friends with Mark Twain. And a lot of women said they were like madly in love with him. But we don't know much about his personal life. It was kind of a mystery. We know that he never married. So we don't know if he had any relationships or anything like that. But we know he was this tall, slender, you know, kind of attractive guy that girls were pretty obsessed with. He wanted to illuminate the entire earth, literally. So he believed that there was this potential to light the earth's atmosphere and it would banish darkness and bring a new era of light. He thought the gases in the earth's upper atmosphere were capable of carrying high frequency electrical currents and you could transmit currents there which would create a quote terrestrial nightlight. So it would help like shipping, uh, boats and airports and you know cities would just be illuminated all the time and obviously he never did it and no one even knows if you can't do it. Um, so that tower we mentioned, the secret purpose of it was the wireless transmission of power. So he was. We talked about that, you know, race he was in with that Italian inventor Guglielmo Marconi, and they were trying to be the first one to transmit transmit messages across the Atlantic. And J.P. Morgan gave him all this money, right? And so he starts building this giant, like almost two hundred foot tower, and. Uh, so he's doing this and he wants to, his whole his dream is to transmit electricity wirelessly. And once Marconi ended up transmitting the letter S across the Atlantic with way more modest equipment, everyone got mad and, and Tesla had to kind of reveal his alternative motives and that's when he pulled out funding and ended up being like this, you know, doom. But side note, the location, not the tower, but like one of the buildings there. Uh, was bought in 2013 by a non um, nonprofit, and it is now a museum. So, fun facts. Um, couple more fun facts about him um, before we move on. So he spoke eight languages, which is pretty cool, and he claimed to have developed a super weapon that would end all war, a death ray or a peace ray. Like we mentioned, he, he got a little bit crazy in the end of his life, you know? And um, so he was kind of saying all of these different things. 
talked about doing a uh, creating a non-Einsteinian physics that would supply a new form of energy. He uh, had a technique for photographing thoughts. Um, so, yeah, mad scientist is kind of a, a great, just he's kind of the epitome of that. All right, let's move on and talk about some cool quotes. I don't care that they stole my idea. I care that they don't have any of their own. Baller. The scientists of today think deeply instead of clearly. One must be sane to think clearly, but one can think deeply and be quite insane. Kind of interesting because he became insane. Of all things, I like books best. Let the future tell the truth and evaluate each one according to his work and accomplishments. The present is theirs. The future, for, for which I have really worked, is mine. Our virtues and our failings are inseparable, like force and matter. When they separate, man is no more. I do not think you can name many great inventions that have been made by married men. Whoa, crazy. The feeling is constantly growing on me that I've been the first to hear the greeting of one planet to another. So it goes into a little bit of his craziness. Well, who knows? Maybe maybe he did. If your hate could be turned into electricity, it would light up the whole world. <laughs> My brain is only a receiver. In the universe, there is a core from which we obtain knowledge, strength, and inspiration. Pretty cool. Life is is and will ever remain an equation incapable of solution, but it contains certain known factors. All right. All that was great in the past was ridiculed, condemned, combated, suppressed, only to emerge all the more powerfully, all the more triumphantly from the, from the struggle. Really cool. I think that's something we've noticed with all these people we've done is a lot of times society pushes back against them. They don't want the world to change. And, you know, the, you have to have a rock-solid will to, to kind of force it to. All right, let's just do a few more. If you only knew the magnificence of the three, six, and nine, then you would have the key to the universe. <laughs> it's not the love you make, it's the love you give. Pretty cool. All right, last one. As I review the events of my past life, I realize how subtle are the influences that shape our destinies. Awesome. Okay, let's move on to our last section and just kind of talk about why we think he's on this list. Nikola Tesla's on this list because he's probably one of the greatest minds we've done so far. I think he's akin to you know Leonardo da Vinci where he's just this brilliant savant, I guess like an Isaac Newton and Einstein as well. He had troubles all around his life, which seems to be similar to what they had as far as you know, marriages or families, money concerns. A lot of them kind of bounced from here to here and had to get help from people to, to support them. But it seems like they were in a different time. I mean, imagine if, if you or, or I were sent back to the 1800s with everything we know now. But let's say we weren't scientists. We just had our knowledge right now. So I don't know anything about alternating currents. But I know that they exist, you know? And so I know the solution's there and trying to find it and that desperation 
that obsessiveness of creating and finding these things that you believe so strongly are real. That's kind of what it feels like. It feels like they're from the future and they know what's going to happen. And ironically enough, he's similar to Elon Musk, the CEO of Tesla. I think he as well has kind of changed the world. He's with electrical cars, with trying to go to Mars, with solar power. You know, he's doing all these things that people kind of push back on. And it seems that um, the difference, I guess, is Elon Musk is a billionaire and doing pretty well for himself. But I think Nikola Tesla's on here for his tenacity, for his love, his obsession with learning and with discovering. I think nothing else mattered. And even though he... Uh, he had all of these downfalls, his laboratory burning, you know, him getting tricked out of all these riches and, and royalties and being called a crazy. I think I think he's still satisfied with his life. I think those things are so small. And I think the reason he's on this list is because of his lasting impact. The reason we're still talking about him today. Um, so many of his, his inventions are used every day around us that we don't even think about. Well, that's all we got for Nikola Tesla. Thank you for the recommendation, guys. If there's anyone else you'd like to do, you can either uh, you know leave a comment below or you can send us an email. Our email is worldchangerspod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. So feel free to send us an email with corrections, uh, with feedback. You know, we're always trying to get better. Some things you would like us to add or take away from the podcast and any recommendations of people you would like to, to for us to go over. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.